This is the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. And yes, indeed, we are wearing Cobra Kai and Karate Kid headbands. Miyagi-Do. Whatever. It's kind because of funny. Cobra Kai never dies, biatch. This is kind of funny because back when I was a kid, Miyagi-Do was the, the, the good dojo and did the righteous things. I bet it will still be in the end of season right, three. Maybe. And now that you're watching the new one, Cobra Kai seems to be more the more moral in a sense. Well, I think the reason that that even happened is there was a whole group of people after Karate Kid over the past like decade at least that were like, dude, the whole thing, like Daniel started all of the fights. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. used an illegal had, kick. Dude, they had a YouTube thing where they, they said, what if, and they flipped the whole script on the Karate right. Kid thing and that right. made like... So many views. I mean, it was millions oh, of views. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it makes for a great story, even oh, yeah. if they are completely yeah. changing the story. How much worse would it be if they tried to, like, continue on? Well, we already saw how much worse it would be. They did sequels of Karate Kid that <laughs> yeah. were awful. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so they just completely flipped the script from there. Yeah. Yeah. But. So we wanted to do a fun little segment here um, and kind of share some of our comments we've gotten on some of our recent podcasts. Um I do not know how to access our Apple podcast reviews, or I don't even know if we even have any. So if you know how to find that, please tell me or send it to me, because mm. I do not know where to find that. We're Shotokan Karate Human Performance at gmail.com. Because <laughs> I can't find it. Anyhow, um, so our last podcast um, about Ground Reaction Force mm. was the audio was the most listened to podcast that we've actually ever produced. Mm. Um, that may be because some people listen to it twice, <laughs> but... Um, I was really surprised by that. It's mm. like some super nerdy stuff and people seem to get into it. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do, we talked about this. If you like that kind of thing, let yeah. us know because, yeah. um, I mean, it took a lot more preparation to do that podcast, but like, that's like the most fun I've ever had reading seven <laughs> journal articles <laughs> So in a row on a Sunday. So, you know, Lauren's the... The student that studies and gets everything down and she's got all her notes and and everything else and i just cheat off her you are so full of crap i you totally see, dude i totally cheat see. off you and that that in that podcast i totally cheated that was off the you. one podcast okay in general like you should see him prepping for school he's like rewriting all of his notes he studies for like hours and hours like don't be fooled about who's the nerd here okay no, no. so in our last for those of you who know me you know damn well I'm not the nerd. You're such a liar. You are just <laughs> making people think that you're dumb. Okay, anyway, so in our last... <laughs> Why do you sound like a conspiracy theory? That's, oh, it's a conspiracy. Okay, what grade do you have in your massage therapy class? Huh? What grade do you have in your massage Dude, therapy class? Dude, it's weighted and I'm, I'm not even on the top he 10. He has 101. I'm not even in the top 10 though, so it doesn't even matter. Okay, enough of that. Anyway, so our previous podcast, some of our comments were... Uh, Gordon Levin, wish I'd been there to talk this with you live. Believe me, we wish many of people had been there to talk with us with us live, especially so a couple of them we'd argue with. Yeah. Um, Eric Brown said, "Great stuff, thanks guys." Um, I don't know the per- I don't know the exact name of this person. Slunk 007. I'm sure it's someone I know in real life. Uh, enjoyed that. <laughs> um, yeah. We actually got some comments on some previous podcasts, which are not as pleasant. Um, <laughs> on our original um, Karate Women podcast, episode 27, um, some person who calls himself the Karate Monk said, Feminazi. Okay. <laughs> Obviously mm. didn't listen to the podcast. Um, and then another fun one was from our episode 20 when we talked about pivoting 
that literally the title of the episode is episode 20 pivoting as a dojo during COVID-19 and the comments were 15 minutes in and no talk of karate oofed what a waste of my time next time pulls just talk of skill and technique bye <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> anyhow I thought it was hilarious at three in the morning but I could have been slap happy too so whatever mm. maybe somebody else will find it funny but leave happy comments underneath our stuff and we'll share those too Right. Or suggestions, topics, discussions. <laughs> um, if we could be adults about it, even having some disagreements, you know? Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. It, I have no problem with someone saying something that they disagree with. Right. Because that is their right. Mm-hmm. But to completely ignore the title mm-hmm. and, then, and then demand <laughs> to us. talk about skill or technique. Right. Then to demand us. <laughs> To do what they want us to do in the sense of like, oh, you got to talk about skill and t-. Well, dude, read the fucking title, man. Sorry. Don't cuss. Effing title, dude. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. That was short-lived. So, um, something that's come up recently based on like <clears throat> happenings in the dojo and whatever, um, and something that's kind of been coming forth in my mind is how romantic relationships play into karate. Mm. Um... And we're not talking about, like, dating people in the dojo, because <laughs> that's usually not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, just the way that the dynamics of a person's relationship oh, can affect gonna, their karate training. Let's go point something out. But we're married. Yeah, but we didn't. Go, we weren't in the same dojo. Okay. okay. That's what I mean. Right. Not sure. in the same we dojo. Know, we yeah. could have avoided each other if it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jeremiah, you want to talk a little bit about um, your ex and kind of how it affected your karate training? Uh, honestly, it didn't really affect it very much because when I was with my, my first wife, I was going through college and basically I decided to step away from the dojo at about the same time. Mm. Um, you know, some of me wanted her to be more of a martial artist. She got her black belt in Taekwondo and I was really hoping that it wasn't like take my dough <laughs> i was really hoping it was something else but and it wasn't disappointing it's just like it was a part of her that i thought i could connect with and it wasn't really there yeah so that that was that but at the same time i wasn't really training you know i wasn't really in a dojo doing things so not a big loss and not a big hindrance mm-hmm. but in the long run overseeing everything we didn't neither one of us had a lot of mutual likes like a mutual interests or hobbies right and I think that that was a big part of the issue, too. It was like, how do you maintain a flame and and not have the same interest? Yeah, or you know, yeah, some you kind know, of common ground. Some kind of common ground. Right. As we grew older, that, and I we got together in our teens, and I was like 19, she was 18, and we were together until our 30s, so throughout the whole 20s, and that's just a lot of growth there. Mm-hmm. People can, well, you know, I could say to myself that, I am a different. I was a different person at age thirty three than I was at twenty four, twenty three. Right. Simple as that. So, in perspective of martial arts, gratefully, I wasn't practicing during that time. Yeah. I think it could have been an issue, mm-hmm. um, but I'm grateful that I wasn't in the sense that it, it just didn't have extra drama. Right. So, yeah. And because to just to be forced to decide between your wife and something you're passionate about in, in that sense is that's a difficult thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't have that experience, but. Right. You want to share yours? Yeah, every time you hit the table, oh. it hit, picks it up in the mic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so I was similar in that, uh, I started dating my ex-fiance when I was in my teens. So I was 17 and, um, it's funny because one of our, one of my first interactions with him as far as martial arts was he was one of those like fly by the seat of your pants kind of people. And he like wanted to be a UFC fighter. So, but he'd never trained martial arts before. So he's like wanting to train in his backyard. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I've been training in karate for a lot of years. You could, you know, come to the dojo I think he came a couple times. I don't think he ever trained. Um, but it was funny. It was not funny, but this kind of set the precedent. So at one point, uh, us and my friend Cody, we were actually like sparring in the backyard. And um, at that point, I'd been training for like nine years. And um, I'm going to be honest, my sparring was really, really bad. We didn't spar in the dojo. Like mm. I, the most sparring I ever got was like on my shodan and shodan and Edon exams. Mm. And if I was unfortunate enough to try to spar in a tournament and lose, I mean, it was not good. Um, which is a terrible thing to say about putting in a decade of your life into training a martial art and you don't even know how to fight. Mm. Um, so we were sparring, and there was an incident with my friend Cody, and like I think he, I got really mad and kind of like went after him, and I knocked him one time, but. It was because it was out of frustration. It was just because I was doing so poorly. Um, and from that point on, my ex basically made fun of the time that I had spent training. I mean, in a sense, for good reason, but it was like emotional manipulation. <laughs> so we had our own share of problems. Um, but it was like, you know, why are you wasting your time going to the dojo? Why are you bothering putting all this time in? You don't even know how to fight. And, like, I, I was one of those people, like, trying to explain, like, there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, obviously, that's going to fall on deaf ears if someone hasn't trained before. Um, but that was that kind of set the precedent. And then from there, that was just firepower for everything else. So I had to make lots of changes to my schedule um, when I was in college. For those five years, um, I, uh, I didn't go to the dojo as much. Um, once uh, my mentor and our head instructor split up ways because there was a disagreement um, I wasn't in the dojo as much anymore. I would go, try to go as often as I could. Hmm. But, um, you know, if he didn't like it, I didn't go. Um, and then I was even making changes to my training schedule where my, my karate mentor would come to my house. And I would literally, he would get to my house at 6.45 in the morning. Or at 7 in the morning, I'd wake up at 6.45 and walk outside. And we'd train in the backyard for two or three hours. So, I mean, I was trying to train before he was even awake. He lived in the neighborhood. Um, so, uh, you know, I was still trying to make that happen because it was such a large part of my life, but there was so much emotional stress that it was like, I probably could have lived with or without it at that point. Mm. And that, that would have really sucked to, to be pulled away from it. I don't know, you know, at what point I would have come back to it if I had made that decision when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. So, um, for me, it was a, it was a big hindrance, um, you know, dealing with all of that. Karate was uh, kind of my outlet, so I did use it as an outlet for the issues in that relationship, but it was just so unsupportive um, that when I, I... I don't know of many people who deal with that, but I've heard of people here and there, like acquaintances, who have very unsupportive um, spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever mm. um, when it comes to their martial art, and I honestly... I can empathize because I've gone through it, but I couldn't imagine doing it for a long term. And I'm not trying to make any implications by saying that, but I am just saying um, it's just it's just very difficult to deal with. It's hard to 
to be able to continue doing things that you love when someone you love doesn't want you to do it. Mm. So, mm. yeah, tough stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sucks. And it's interesting because in our dojo, we've seen, you know, some couples come through over, or, or single people, too, come through, and we've seen how those relationships have played out. Um, a lot of times it seems like when our single, not, not they're not single, but when when one person from a couple comes in, like a, a husband or a wife or whatever, but their husband, their husband or wife is not interested in training, it seems like a lot of times um, that's actually a really good relationship. It almost seems like the majority of the time their spouse is supportive. Do you yeah. feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know of a single instance where we've had. Yeah, I think the only times I've seen where spouses were not really of supportive or had issues was because in the relationship there was already issues. Right. And that was just another part of it that kind of built to it. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up in the eighties, nineties, saw a lot of a lot of the black belts who who spent their time at the dojo either teaching or training had issues if the wife or family weren't involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? But I think... Oh, like the person training yeah. had issue that they that their spouse no, the, wasn't there? Yeah, you know, that the wife... Their spouses had issues with them. Okay. Being there all the time and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But now looking back on them, I kind of think those guys were idiots, idiots anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just thinking yeah. about how they acted and how they reacted to certain things. Excuse me. Um. You know, I think that might it might have been a mixture of both. I mean, just... Yeah. That's uh, urban myth mm-hmm. about how spouses really don't support you know other people. Yeah, I've personally never experienced it firsthand. Right. Um, I, I'm sure people could yeah. and have, mm. but I just don't think it's as prevalent as people make it out to be. You know, I made this observation a long time ago that it seemed like a lot of really famous. I'm going to say karate guys because that's mostly what there is right now. I mean, there are women out there, but a lot of the famous historical karate guys like aren't married or don't have a significant other or are split or divorced or whatever. And I'm not saying every case, but a lot of the ones that I was aware of were all like that. And now a lot of that was our local area. And I think that has to do with some personality issues, to be honest. Uh, but well, I think, yeah. yeah karate I, creates obsessive people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some of those guys, those karate guys, when you think about like the famous instructors, I think they keep their private life. Yeah. Off to the side deliberately because right. yeah, if you ever watched a seminar where there's a big name there, they are consumed the entire time. They don't have any privacy. Right. And the conversation is not just on karate. It's right. about their personal experiences and everything yeah. else. Um, I think they, they deliberately do that sometimes where they just kind of not mention their wife, not talk about the mm-hmm. family and just stay business like. Yeah. Well, um, I, I get what you're saying there. I was meaning more the people that I knew. Like, my uh, mentor yeah. was single, and it kind of made sense why he was. Like, there were some personality <laughs> issues there. Yeah. But some of these guys that are, like, higher-level instructors, like, I would not expect these people to, like, put all their business out there for yeah. everybody to know what their relationships yeah. are like. But, again, some of those guys are just real dogs, too. <laughs> this is true. I mean, let's be real. That's yeah. kind of That's a damn shame. Yeah. You're teaching Budo about your dog. <laughs> right. Kind of sense that, like... So and the other interesting thing is, um, and we'll kind of talk about two sides of this. So we've seen people come through our dojo where couples will come together and train. Mm-hmm. Now it's 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 an interesting thing to watch for me because it's almost like watching siblings who come up together. 
So, like, when you have two siblings who start a dojo at the same time, particularly if they're the same age, I think what happens sometimes with, like, instructors is is they feel like they should both um, progress at the same oh, rate. Yeah. Yeah. So, when they test, they should test up at the same rate. Yeah. And there's a, there's a feeling of guilt by the instructor if, for some reason, they don't allow both of the siblings to continue on. Like, because they both started at the same time, they should both be able to, you know, go up and rank at the same time and learn the same things and basically be at the same ability. And at some point, you got to cut that crap out. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yep. Because um, we've, tw- we've, had, we've had identical twins that have literally that exact thing. Yeah. Like, they've been, they've gone up, gone up, gone up together. And then finally, we had to be like, uh, yeah, you're being a lazy butt. You're doing all right. You get to test. You don't. <laughs> yeah. And that was part of the learning curve. We should have nipped that in the bud early. Yeah. We should have really made that a distinct thing. So I think sometimes um, the way you think of it, though, is like you're giving the other person the benefit of the doubt. Like you see yeah. their sibling yeah, that's but... doing really well, and you're like, oh, you know, it's like you're but... not quite what they are, but you're you're decent. Yeah, but I think some of the parents want us to be the hard love kind of people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we're doing them a disservice when we, we try to keep them together and encourage them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean we should you gotta be hold rude. The, the weak man down. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, let's be realistic. If those two individuals were not related mm-hmm. and we were looking at yeah, them, yeah, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't give them the second chance, even second thought. We'd be like, no, you're not ready. Yeah. And our honesty is more powerful than being polite. Right. So, and so to me, that's very similar in some ways to what it's like when boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband and wife, or whatever, or right. significant other in, in whatever capacity, come into the dojo together. Um, we have a couple of examples where, like, we had uh, one guy that has been training with us for a few years, and about a year into his training, I think mm-hmm. his wife joined, yep. um, and. He loves it. He's at the dojo all the time. Like basically, anytime the door is open and there's a class for him, he's at the dojo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the wife is a lot more passive about it. Mm. Um, she's like kind of come and gone. And um, there was one point where she took an exam, and we were unable to pass her at that point just yeah. because she wasn't up to par, even though she'd been training, um, you know, in her regular classes and stuff. Yep. She had a horrible test. It was a bad test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that was the we've reason. Seen, we've seen her perform way better yeah. just the day before. Absolutely, yeah. So it was a horrible test. Right. And, and, and like, you know, it makes things more complicated because, like, as instructors, we want to be on good terms with this family, with both of them. But we're, you know, talking to the husband and he's telling us, like, she doesn't want to come back because she's embarrassed. And we're trying to assure him, like, this is not... You know, we're not shaming this person, or you know, we're not shaming your wife. It's just there were certain standards. She didn't meet them. She gets to retest in a month because we know she can do it. Um, so it wasn't it was an interesting experience in that case. But she pulled it together. Yeah. She came back and tested. Yeah. And she passed. Yeah. So, um, though that particular couple is um, the wife obviously is not as into it. The husband is super into it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't allow his wife's apathy to get in his way. No, no. So he's like, I'm going to do this whether you're here or not. Yeah. And it's not like in a rude way. It's just like that's his schedule and he would like for her to come along and do it. He wants for her to do it. But if she doesn't, it's he's yeah. going to be okay with it. It's a mature approach. 
Yeah. He, he's like, you know, do your thing. If you want to be part of this, come along. I mean, he wants her to be there, obviously. Right. But it's the whole being mature about it. Right. Know? And that's, I guess, the thing I want to talk about is the, 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 the teenage, you know, dating experiences, man. Is as teachers, you see that start going coming on, you, you got to nip it in the bud, dude. You got to, you got to <laughs> stop can. it because you're gonna, you're gonna lose both students. You know, don't be a matchmaker. Yeah, don't, don't encourage. I don't believe in encouraging those kind of relationships. I encourage them not to. Yeah. And 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 you know, create a friendship first. Right. You know what I mean? Because. Potentially, you're going to lose both students. Definitely could happen. Yeah. I mean, you got to think and, about like how tense it is already. Right. And what if the, 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 the feelings change quickly in the <laughs> sense that like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, people crush, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then they don't. Right. <laughs> so and then we're crushed. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, you want to kind of, I feel like you want to be aware of those things, mm-hmm. not to intervene. But make sure that it's like, hey, guys, do your thing. You're, you are who you are. You're, your kids are going to make a decision. Your parents mm-hmm. agree with it. It's fine. Just don't do these things at the dojo and da da da. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. I'm not trying to tell them not to date each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like setting boundaries where they're not going to like yeah. be alone together and well, whatever. Well, we have know. like, we have literally like 10 and a 10 and a 12 year old that are <laughs> crushing on each other like crazy. And yeah. we're just constantly like no 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 and their parents are like no 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 (laughs) so that would not be good you know but i I just i think it's not just this is not some some dojos i mean i've been been a dojos where it's like you know there's three or four teenage couples and you're just like what the heck is this this is a matchmaking party this is like a gym basically yeah it's crazy well, you know, um, kind of back to the couples thing, like mm. the married couples thing. So there, there was actually another example where it wasn't quite as healthy. Mutual. <laughs> yeah, mutual. Um, I had a, we had another couple with us where the wife actually started first and the husband started soon after. And, um, you know, the wife was actually the one that was gung-ho. The husband wasn't so much, but he wasn't like not trying to let the wife go. He wasn't trying to keep the wife at home. He wasn't being an enabler or whatever. Um, he just wasn't as into it. And um, whereas with the other couple, sometimes the wife would try to... Sometimes she wants him to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm calling but... you out. If you're listening. Um, so... Hey, but I, in that case, but in that situation, I don't blame the wife sometimes. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, it's like, man. Jack, you're at the dojo too much. Yeah, we, we love you, Jack. We absolutely love you, man. But, All right, this you know. hot. <laughs> um, well, oh, it was your idea. You got away. Well, now it's hot in here. No, we have to turn the air off when we're doing this podcast in order to Gosh, keep it rolling. So. so with the other couple, it's like, you know, the wife talked to me and she was like, you know, I, I, I have made this decision where I wanted to try to test at the same time as my husband. And I felt like it would be a great bonding thing. And we talked it out and we're like, you know, it probably would not be best for you to do that. It probably wouldn't be best for you to wait on him to test because what if he's just not ready? What if he doesn't advance at the same level or at the same rate as you? Mm-hmm. Um, if he's just here to be, you know, a supportive husband and just spend some time with you, then just appreciate that for what it is. Don't right. try to turn this into something that it's not. Don't try to make him like what you like. He doesn't really like it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, we're looking at it from outside in, and we don't know the whole dynamic of the relationship, but right. from what we see it mm-hmm. and what we want to encourage people that might be a couple that want to find couple things is, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to do it. Right. 
Um, I just would encourage you to be respectful of each other's desires and how they see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be mature about it. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, Jack, Jack, you know, we, we love you, man. I think that relationship and how they handle it yeah. is just perfect. Right. Just perfect. Right. Because she does what she wants to do. That's right. And, and he supports him. And if she wants to come train, she comes train. And right. if she doesn't want to come train, he comes and trains without her. Right. And yep. But she's absolutely supportive. Right. Absolutely 100%. Yeah. You know, and that to me is where it's at. Right. You know, um, other other people's relationships and how their dynamic is between the two of them, I don't know. But yeah. I try not to, I try to keep my boundaries back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been learning that it's it's hard to, to, to not blur that line between teacher and Friend. counsel or something like that. Because you want to you help. Yeah. You really want to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that's. I, I think that's truly the desire. Yeah. It's just like, but what's the boundary? Right. You know, yeah. are you drawing the boundary for yourself, but nobody else? Yeah, I mean. You know, and I'm not accusing yeah. us. I'm just saying in general, I think, my me personally, I encourage and, and help and, and advise and share, like, experiences mm-hmm. outside of relationship stuff. <laughs> Once it comes to relationships, I'm like, dude. Yeah, well, it's more, it's more honestly. I'm drowning with you, brother. <laughs> it's honestly more like individual coaching at that point. Yeah. Like, hey, you need to do the best thing for you. Obviously, you made a commitment to your relationship. You need to handle that. But here's what here's the advice I can give to you as a human and as a karate person that's yeah. training with us. Yeah. Um, this is just an interesting aside. So we'd had a conversation recently. Um, I think with Amy Sperling had mentioned um, uh, the purple belt divorce. Huh. You remember I was talking about that? No. Okay. We'll talk about it. We don't have purple belt in our dojo, so I'm well, assuming that's like. Colin, if you're listening, don't take a. Don't take <laughs> oh, okay. We have one purple belt in the dojo. Yeah. Um, I think it's like uh, it's like fifth Q, fourth Q, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, fifth Q. Um, so I guess by the time some women get to fourth Q, they actually get divorced. Um, she was saying that it's because a lot of times they've been in abusive relationships yeah, prior to that, that point. Yeah. And it gets to the point whenever they're by like halfway to black belt where. They're a lot more self-confident, and sometimes that actually results in divorce. Um, don't really have any comment on that. Uh, it's interesting to me. Divorce is a is a is a sad, very sad and horrible thing for people to have to go through. So I'm not saying that's great, but it is good if people are in re- abusive relationships that they get out of them yeah. or get them resolved. So yeah. um, well, you know what? Um, listen to thinking about that so the situation. I could see the validity in it. I mean. Yeah. As a teacher watching your students mature, no matter what the age is, right? You know, especially with, well, in adults, even it's even more onset and set that they they kind of their perspective changes about fifth Q, fourth Q, where they mm-hmm. don't look at the thing at at karate as violence anymore, or it's, yeah, it's there's a there's a shift there, there's a paradigm shift there. Yeah, well, you they know? you also look at you look at life a lot differently too right. as you advance on. I mean. Right. Suffering is a totally different perspective. (laughs) What's tolerable and what isn't is a different perspective. You know, am I going to allow myself to be put through this torture that is this karate class or am I not? Right. (laughs) And so I could see the reason why someone would have the strength to get out of a a bad relationship. Right. It doesn't even have to be abusive. It just has to be bad. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. I can also see it with guys too, though, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know? women can be abusers. They can, especially emo- emotionally. Yeah, and. Manipulators and stuff. So. Do you feel manipulated? No, ma'am. <laughs> no. Uh, let's talk about our relationship. Okay. So, let's go ahead and make it clear that we, neither one of us, grew up in the same dojo. No. 
And he was not my sensei. I'm not her sensei. Like never was. Think. Um, and you know, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's probably a really rude thing to say to somebody. <laughs> and if anybody ever said that to me, I'd probably cuss them out. Well, then that but, pe- no, people have said that to us before, or they said it to me. They asked if you were my sensei, and I was like, uh, no. We yeah, used to teach see, classes together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would cuss them out because I'd be like, <laughs> look, dude. First of all, what you're implying is completely wrong. Yeah, and I mean, extremely. Well, disrespectful. In in some cases, it's not wrong, but in our instance, it would probably be not so great. Yeah, but when someone asks that, they're implying, "Oh, you got your," you know, they imply that whole, "Oh yeah, you got your rank because of him, and you kind of move forward because of this and that." Right. That to me is extremely offensive. Yeah, I get that. So, um, that's first and foremost. I was never her teacher. (laughs) Never. In case you thought that. God. I doubt anyone watching this or listening to this thought that. Right. Secondly. We were, you, should, you were neat on when I, we first met? Yeah. So, so we you were, were already, yeah, I was already neat, I was neat on too. Mm-hmm. So we were already well established in our own like training practices and right. ideas. Right. And individuals in a sense, in right. karate sense. So. Right. I think that has a lot to do with the longevity of our relationship. Right. Is that we came on the equal, equal ground. Mm-hmm. And looked at each other and was like, oh, yeah, you're my kohai. We're, we're equal here. We're partners here. Right. Um, and, you know, we didn't do the crazy training like all these guys always talk about. But there was, there was a time about five, four or five months, maybe even more, where we trained for three hours just doing block reverse punch. Right. And th- that time of our life, I felt like we bonded in a sense of karate friends and, and right. becoming deeper closer friends right yeah there was a small group of us that yeah. were training together that we discovered each other we were all similar in rank from different parts of florida and we didn't have anywhere to train so we would all train together in ocala yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what up sean <laughs> <laughs> um so that interaction built a a, a relationship a basis for a relationship mm-hmm. that friendship that respect that whole like you know it, it really has to go with the respect thing. Yeah. You know, it's that built a mutual respect. Well, I don't know if it was mutual or not. It was, well. Kind of Florida. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, I one of the cool the things that we became. would do in those trainings was, um, it was like a think tank. So we yeah. would always be exchanging ideas and we yeah. would be talking a lot. Like we'd be training really hard, but we would be kind of working through concepts. And we were pretty much able to disagree on either the way that something should be said or taught or performed or whatever. And we were pretty much okay with that. Like we learned how to have a good civil debate, um, which is like the foundation of, of decent communication, (laughs) regardless of whether you're going to marry the person or not, (laughs) you should be able to have a civil debate without killing each other. Absolutely. And I think we're very blessed to have that, that ability. That was a good starting point. That was a good starting point. Even though the intention was never to be together. No. No, no, we were just really good karate friends, and that was cool. Right. So. Then we also taught classes together. So at one yeah. point, we um, decided to start, because our dojos were 45 minutes from each other. Um, so we would uh, exchange, like, one week would be at his dojo, and the next week would be at my dojo, and we would split the class time. Yeah. And being able to teach in that way, um, once again, it was a big communication thing where we were able to... Um, build off of each other's concepts even if one person said something differently than the other would so if you taught something differently than i would then it was fine 
um, we would be able to exchange ideas in that way. And then we also learned how to, um, like, we learned nonverbal cues. Yeah. So we would be able to look at a student and we would basically be on the same wavelength, like look at the student, look at each other and be like, what the F is that? <laughs> so, yeah. And then we also did that at seminars yeah. too. We'd look yeah. at an instructor and be like, oh my God, did you see that? But we wouldn't say anything. We just look at each other like, yeah. like this from across the circle. <laughs> you see how he turned on the ball of his foot and not his heel? <laughs> see how he used his hikite? See how he, how he stopped using his hikite? Um, but what's interesting now is like, okay, so we're married and um there's still a level of accountability mm-hmm. um you know at, for the long time before we were ever even dating it was all a communication thing mm-hmm. now it's all like we're basically holding each other accountable with training yeah so yeah. jeremiah is a bit more disciplined about regular training than i am because okay. i was never very disciplined of training on my own so one thing that's helped me right now it's a little off because he's in school but we had a date every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We would go to the dojo and train in the morning for church. And that's kind of helped me stay on track in addition to training in, in normal classes. So we'd have that private training. Yeah. And then we get to train in our regular black belt class and advanced classes and stuff. Another example. Jeremiah's like, we're going to do the podcast today. Oh, no. He said, we're going to do the blog today <laughs> or the blog cast or whatever he calls it. And I'm like. Do you mean the podcast? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I guess blog-cast. because you asked, we have to do it. <laughs> Not that I don't like doing this, guys, but you know, it's like eight thirty-five at night, and we just worked all day. <laughs> so, well, that being said, I would my my final views, my overall views on on relationships in the dojo, as long as they're happening between mature adults, right? And there's an understanding that. Well, if it happens between mature, mature adults, whatever, they do whatever they want to do. Right. You know, with kids, I try not to let it to be where the dojo becomes the hangout spot. Right. It's not your, uh, your romance you know, hookup. So you're not going to hang out after class or before class and stuff right. like that. I'm going to run you off. Right. But uh, other than that, um, I don't see a very positive view on it because it's very, very, very rarely do I see a dojo romance actually bring some kind of fruit but you're talking about romances that start in the dojo yeah romances that start in the dojo i'm i've been talking about romance like people who have been in relationships and come to the dojo yeah i know totally a little little bit a little bit different yeah a little bit different yeah i'm trying to explain my point proceed right um married couples that come in and do their thing listen they were bickering before they came in They're going to bicker when they're here and they're going <laughs> to bicker when they leave. That's just, if that's how they are in their relationship, then that's how they are. Right. And, and it's not bad or, or negative. It's just their way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Some people like to bring a bunch of people into their relationships. Some people don't. <laughs> right. Let's just be real. Some people like being like, yeah, putting their putting themselves on blast. Yeah. Basically. Well, so. I think it's good whenever you are in a relationship that like, like couple things like if you can be the kind of person that will tr- at least try to hold the other person accountable if you're both training, yeah. or even if you're not the one training, if you're the one for some reason you're listening to this and you don't do karate but your spouse does karate or whatever, if you can be the one to help hold them accountable, that's awesome. I yeah. mean, you're helping them on their journey. Yeah. Um, but more than anything, like try to not be an inhibitor. Right. And then also, I mean, if someone is is pushing your boundaries, like. You know, find workarounds or just don't let them push your boundaries. Like, have a sit down and talk with them. You know, I tried with my ex to have that talk and it never went anywhere. It wasn't going to go anywhere. But I at least tried and I had 
some kind of clarity and knowing like, hey, we've talked about this. Discussion's not going anywhere. <laughs> so maybe you need to know <laughs> where you stand. Hmm. Anyhow. Well, I'm glad we didn't ever have to have that discussion, yeah? No, we did not. Yeah. We will not. Because yeah. we both love chopping on people and punching. Oh, that was... I was going to have a random thought at the beginning, and I couldn't remember what it was. Oh, so now the random thought hit you. It did. It so just hit me. It hit me so hard that it, it gave me a bloody nose. Ha! <laughs> so we uh, had a black belt. We have black belt class recently, and we literally have not sparred since like February. Mm. So we slow sparred, mm. and um, it was like a bloodbath in there. Like I literally had to mop the dojo floor the next day. There was only four of us. I got cut. And I oh, was hold, bleeding. Hold up, hold up One now. guy got a bloody nose. Another guy got a black eye. Hold up now. What? Well, you you painting a picture that we some heathens up in here. We haven't. We haven't. We're gotten, Viking beating no, each other we up. We just haven't gotten to spar since March. We were all rusty. It was kind of awful. Mm. Or February. I didn't hit nobody. Did you hit somebody? Um, I didn't hit anybody. Did you get hit in the face? I got cut. You got cut. Yeah. I yeah, you're rusty then. Yeah, I was rusty. Yeah. I didn't get cut. Okay, well, everybody else on the dojo floor was bleeding except for you because there was blood everywhere. Mm. So, anyway. That's basically a description of all the fights I've been in. Okay. <laughs> so, what you working on? Oh, God. Um, basically, I've been working inside Snapchat. The dog is lapping up water, by the way. That's yeah. not like some weird sound effect we've inserted. Yeah, no. Side snap kick. Um, Jite. So, uh, Hangetsu. Mm-hmm. Like you said, since school started, um, excuse me. Since school started, I've had any, any time to train on my own. Um, yeah. I like to go train with you on Sunday mornings, and then Saturday mornings I like to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I usually do what I'm working on, mm-hmm. kind of do get my own zone. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that chance, so majority of my training right now is just getting reps, being right. able to move, stay loose, you know, and not really focus on trying to improve anything. Mm-hmm. But by saying that, I, I feel like I'm I'm starting to get the feeling of, of uh, a little bit more uniform or or um, upper body lower body connection a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, I feel more solid and unified in my movement. So mm-hmm. sometimes just repping things out and letting yourself relax in the moment and train. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. He also put you on blast. He also started doing a strength training program that I have put together. It's kind of a mock program mm. for karate people. Um, if you haven't seen already, I started an additional set of social media because I do a lot of um, content-related stuff for Shotokan karate people because I'm a strength and conditioning coach, if you haven't noticed. Um, so it's for online strength and conditioning stuff. If you're interested in seeing more of that, it's a Shotokan Strength Coach. You can find me on Instagram or on the Facebook and if you want to be one of the guinea pigs, I'll give you a discount for the three months. Okay? Mm. You got to pay for it because I've put my reps in and I know what I'm doing, but mm. I do want some feedback on the program. So he's doing the three-month. Um, I'm doing the three-month. Uh, yeah. So far, what I like the most about it is the the way you did strength conditioning and, and, and you know weightlifting or whatever, the exercise, and then immediately, either immediately or the, within the next set, you were stretching that that particular muscle group, right? And to me, that not only reinforced what I was working, but mm-hmm. reinforced it like the tactile feeling of that muscle really getting its thing. And I, you know, I like it. I'm not saying that because I'm married to you. <laughs> well, I'm doing it too, and it's it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. What you working on? 
Um, so finished up working on Hengetsu, mm-hmm. and um, pretty sure I said this last podcast that that kata and its stances have taught me some really weird things about my hips and the way that I'm getting into my normal stances. So I've been mm-hmm. having some some hip yuckies last night when I was trying to sleep, trying to move around in the bed. Had a massive pain in my hip, mm-hmm. like an old lady. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's just something small; it'll go away. But anyhow. Mm. Um, so that kind of taught me some interesting things. And then, um, now I'm actually working on Conquer Show. I actually let everybody vote <laughs> in my social media. Unsu or Conquer Show. They got to vote for Unsu or Conquer Show. Which one should I do next? And like, Unsu got like two votes. And one was by someone who doesn't even do karate. <laughs> and <laughs> one was from, I don't know who. So, um, everybody apparently hates Unsu and they like Conquer Show. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. Mm. So I got to work on like, uh. Um, there's some similar concepts as Hungetsu, and some of it's just like general placement of things. I got to work into it some more and see if there's more in, more in there that I've got issues with. The big thing right now is like um, the cut is really strange, and I get brain farts trying to get through it. Like mm. the sections that are pieced together, they're yeah. so similar to other katas. There's so many sections like that that like it to me it just is not a kata that flows. Mm. Most katas flow, Kakusho does not. Hashtag change my mind. What up, Will? Okay, so that's what I'm working on. Conquer uh, Show does flow. It definitely does not flow. It's just in a different number of grouping. Okay. So you're, Each you're... section is like, it's almost like they took pieces of other cards no, and no, went like, and threw it together. Slow, fast, fast, slow. No, I don't slow, mean that. Fast, I mean fast, like slow. the way that one set of movements flows into the next set of movements, not speed. Like how that's flow. How you're, the you're, end, asking, you're asking. You're asking. You're talking end about of flow. And in the hand of Shodan, you immediately turn and do knife hand blocks. Like that flows. Like it's its own entity. But then when you get to Konka Show and it's like a bunch of stuff from other katas. Like you're trying to remember what kata you're in when you go into like uh, side snap kick back fist. Yeah, yeah. And then you go into uh, this like section. Like what? Young Lauren. Young Lauren. That kata will teach you, young Lauren. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. It was like a whole lot of stuff about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I think I just killed myself. So if you don't, did. if we don't have another podcast, help me. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.